Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 457. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Fennack. Good to see you, bud. Yeah, it's been a while. I think we're like almost a month out since our last one, so uh, good to be back at it. True. Yeah, I went away on a little holiday myself. I did some solo camping and um, I had a great time. Nights were uncomfortable. There's just something... <laughs> a little creepy about things always brushing your tents and hearing raccoons outside and I don't know, this is hard to sleep, but days were amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would do it in a heartbeat again. It was great. Um, and then I got to go see you. So I was cool too. Good to hang out. I, I'm and, always the, uh, the highlight. Yeah, I'm definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's jump right into the SEO learning series. Uh, we're on chapter four, and that's local SEO. I hope you're all enjoying the series so far. It is a lot of fun for us. Uh, it does take a little more planning, but I think the value you're going to get out of it is much higher. So fingers crossed. What is local SEO? First of all, it is organic. Um, although there is a form of ad that you can put in local SEO, it is non-paid. You don't pay to be in it is what I'm getting at. Uh, just like the classic organic rankings you've seen since 1994, you know, back when things were very, very basic and simple and in search. But what's different here is that local SEO is about the map information you see on a, in a search result. It typically only arrives when there is a geo modifier within the search. For example, best coffee shop near me, near me being the modifier or reliable plumber in Victoria. As soon as you add some sort of modifier, Google knows, all right, this is something that they want that's local. Um, ironically, if you do just say coffee shop, when you're on your phone, it'll still guess that you're trying to look for one nearby. Uh, so that's assumed to some degree. It will see slightly different results sometimes if you put near me, but all in all, it's going to know. And it, it because it knows that if you're on your mobile, you're you are, by default, regional. Anyway, um, if you're a business owner, like a coffee shop or a plumber, uh, this local SEO will help your business stand out when people in your town search for those words. It's like putting up a bright sign saying, here, we're ready to serve you. Uh, to achieve this, your local SEO tactics mean Optimizing your website with local keywords, which Scott will get into in a little bit. Creating a Google business profile, which is what I'm going to be talking about a lot of in this episode. Uh, getting positive reviews. Tricky. Not the easiest thing to do. And, and um, I'm not saying positive is tricky, but just getting reviews is tricky. Positive being ideal. Um, and ensuring that your business is appearing uh homogeneously across other directories. Now, what I mean by that, I'm not sure if I used the term correctly, but essentially you want to ensure that you are in other directories that have a local aspect to them and everything is accurate. Um, so you're across it all. And also your name, address, and phone number are consistent. Perfection. Nothing is different across all of them. It just gives Google this greatest feeling like, okay, this is a legit business. It's just one of those signals they're looking for. By doing a, having a good Google business profile, you're also increasing the likelihood of driving more foot traffic to your brick and mortar business. Again, because if someone's doing a search and they're on their phone and they're nearby, they're going to go to you first, potentially. Um, if you have one that has good um, information on your Google business profile about the location, such as photos, uh, your hours, um, other information uh, can start to be built by Google, such as, is this a busy time right now? Which is really, I love that. I, I'm looking at a restaurant and I see 
I feel like going there right now. And then I look and see it's, this is the busiest time. I'm like, mm, I'm going to wait an hour. Yeah. And that's valuable information that Google now creates and provides people. How do they know this? It's essentially, it's based on the phones that are in the location. They can see that a person's there because they've got tracking turned on. Slightly creepy, I know, but it is actually an advantage to you as well because they start to learn what you like and can deliver information that's useful to you. Yes, also useful advertising too. <laughs> Google's got to make its money. It's a you scratch my back, I scratch yours thing. And I find it quite helpful. And it's just reality these days. I get anyway, creeped it's out. Very useful. I get creeped out when I leave a business and then my phone bings. Oh, you were at such and such. Leave a review or something at Google Prompts. I was like, I wish you didn't know I was just there. Like, uh, you know, maybe I'm just at the grocery store buying milk, but like, I don't want Google to know I'm buying milk, you yeah. know, and they know, and they probably know it's milk because yeah. like, they knew I walked down the, the dairy aisle and opened that. Like, I don't know how granular they get, but uh, well, I don't know. I don't I, like that. You know, you can get really, really deep in this. I mean, think about this. What if you used your Google pay on your phone to pay for those groceries? Do they see what you bought? Yeah, or just a dollar. They amount. certainly yeah. know you were there and that you did actually buy from there. Um, but I don't know what they use with that information. There's got to be a reason for it because they're not getting paid for it. Yeah. So uh, very interesting stuff. And another thing that's really interesting too, and this gets into the more advanced stuff that I've only scratched the surface of because my, my clients really haven't been interested in it, but beacons. You can mm -hmm. have a beacon within a store that covers a certain space and area that when you go into, it kind of triggers uh, it's like it's gone through, you've gone through their force field, their beacon field, and now they know you're there and so does all their advertising. And all of a sudden they can tag you and start to advertise to you after you leave the store. Because they know you love the dairy section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It could be Target. It could be um, more Hopefully likely so the many best things. ones that would succeed would be niche stores like outdoor stores or shoe stores or uh, dentists, doctors. In fact, Beacons are quite common amongst those, um, and it's just infinitely valuable information. Uh, anyway, off track there a bit, but this all starts with your Google business profile. Um, you don't technically need a website. You just need a Google business profile if you have a local business. I don't suggest that because you do not control your Google business profile completely. Google could ban you. You could get dropped. Something could change, and you lose everything. No, always bug, have a website bug. that you control. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. I said bug, bug, bug. Yeah, cough, bug. Cough. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it it happens far too often, and it's caused many a person, I'm sure, to weep. <laughs> yeah. um, so always have your own, and make sure to. This is my personal opinion that you don't have it on a um, platform like Wix or, or these other sites. I'm not saying those are the end of the world. Some of them are great. In fact, I'm very impressed with how much they've improved over the years. The fact is, though, you still don't really control that. You control the content, but what if their servers go down? What if they change pricing? What if they change, they get bought and they start to do stupid things? All of a sudden, all your work's gone um, or it's more difficult to move. And ah, there's just too many things. It gives me the creeps about that. I suggest WordPress um, or if you need to, some sort of a... Uh, they call it a proprietary solution for a website hosting or just gold school, flat HTML files, whatever required and put it on your own, put it on your own hosting. Don't get cheap hosting. I'm going to get off track here, but I can't help it. Don't <laughs> get cheap hosting. Oh dear God. If it's 10 bucks a month, there's something wrong. I'm sorry. Most of the time you're, you're on a server with hundreds and hundreds of other people. And if one of them gets busy, your, your site suffers. Pay what it's worth. You should be paying 40 or 50 bucks a month. I know it seems like a lot for hosting, but it's nothing compared to what the value is of having a site that loads quickly and is always responsive at any time of day under any load. Well worth it. If you want any advice on that, let us know. We have worked our ass off to find great hosting companies that we work with exclusively and we manage them for our clients so they don't have to worry about it, which I think is part of our job. All right, rant one complete. Uh, <laughs> one of unknown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what is involved with setting up a Google business profile? Now, there was a lot of steps to this that grows our local 
our local SEO expert in-house uh, wrote down for me, but it, it's a bit of overwhelming. I'll rattle off the steps very simply. These will be in the show notes, so you can always check them out later and, and it might help you out. Then again, if you see this two years from now or read or listen to this or see this from two years from now, please keep in mind that the stuff changes so often. It's insane. Um, Google business profile will no longer be called Google business profile. It'll be <laughs> Google local again or something. <laughs> it's, it's circular. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Changing the name Google my that. local profile of businesses. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so to get started, if you don't have one, and you do need one if you have a bricks and mortar business or a service area business. Okay, very important you do. Uh, create a Google account, or if you have a Gmail account, you can use that. Um, there's more to this. Should you use one? Should you not use? No, should, should you use a personal one? Should you use another one? I would suggest that you, if you have only a personal Gmail account, that you build, you create a group or uh, create a Google account specifically for your business using your business domain because hopefully you have email for your domain you're not just using some local email provider like our case shaw cable or telus or hotmail or oh gosh please don't use those you don't control them that's the problem you need to control it so if it's on for us it would be like uh, whatever admin at stepforth.com uh, that way the google account is associated with our business you won't lose stuff. You have full control of that email address, which is critical. Now, you've created an account with that. Now, um, visit google.com and sign in. Then go to Google Business, type in Google Business Profile um, or, or Google Local, or whatever you want to type in, but you, that'll get you to where you need to be. Um, enter your business name and check if there's an existing profile for your business. You have the ability to do that. So claim your business. So you do that. You put that information in. If your business is listed, but it's owned by someone else, you have to request access to become the owner. And if someone has done that, it's typically an old staff member. Um, it's rarely a bad actor, but it, it's possible. Um, I would say in most cases, it's just either really old. Maybe you bought the, the business from someone else and they didn't give any of the details. And this happens so often. So request access to become the owner. Say that you are the new owner. There'll be some verification process involved, perhaps in that that's a little unique, a little bit unique versus what I'm about to talk about. Um, anyways, if that person does not respond within X amount of days, the one who currently owns it and blocks you, you will get ownership. It's that simple. Um, it's quite nice, actually, how simple that is. Scary though, if you're not checking your email yeah. <laughs> and someone tries to do that to you, someone tries to steal it from you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the uh, flip side. Okay. Um, if there is no existing profile, you can click continue to proceed. Then you choose, and in, in that case, you are going to create one from scratch. Uh, choose your business type, whether it's a local store, online retail, or service business. Select your business category from the suggestions that they provide. Enter your business address, phone number, and website, if you have a website at that point. Verify it using a specific number of methods. There's a, there's quite a few. I think there's five, no, six methods, which is crazy. Not all of them will be available on your depending on your location. Canada, we have some limitations. Most, all, all six are available in the United States, but um, outside of the United States, it varies. Uh, one's mail, where they'll send you a card allowing you to um, just put that sends to that a physical address to make sure you're there that has a code on it that you have to enter uh, one can be video recording uh, where they want to see you um, with your business around you um, it's essentially showcasing your current location equipment and proof of management the next is a live video call verification where they conduct a video chat with you and google specialist uh, for instant verification, already having your site verified in Google Search Console may qualify you for instant verification. Now, you should always already be in Google Search Console. We talked about that enough over the years. Um, if you don't have that, just type in Google Search Console. Make sure you do that. All very simple. Uh, 
For phone verification, you can choose call or text to receive a five pin code. And for email verification, you'll receive a five, pitch, uh, five digit pin code via, uh, with your business name. The email has to be with your business name though. You couldn't use a Hotmail or anything. It has to be at your business name or whatever domain you have. Um, now we're into completing a Google profile. I'm trying to whiz through this because I know some of it's not of any interest to you, but some of you who are new to this, I think it is helpful. Critical to add your services, choose the relevant services for your business category that you've chosen. Remove any that don't apply and add other services if needed. Um, when you're adding your business hours, and this is important, um, display the accurate hours, but also update them as needed. We're all bad at this, I, I, would, I would dare say, um, uh, especially when holidays come around. But Google loves to see that you're updating it regularly. It shows that you care about your Google business profile, which does lend itself to ranking improvements. It's not a huge thing, but it is worthwhile, especially when you're dealing with a lot of competitors that are working just as hard as you, but just a little less, maybe. <laughs> you get that extra advantage. And do not use 24-7 hours unless it's truly applicable. All right? You do not want that. Next, turn on messaging. Uh, this is a personal choice, but I think it's a good idea. This allows people to uh, contact you directly through uh, the Google business profile with questions or anything along those lines. Um, your business description. This is important too. Include a summary that sets you apart. Should have a brief history of your business and other useful information. And do not think of SEO when you're doing this. Just write it as though you want to impress them with you and explain why they would want to be there. Okay. Um, it's not important that this is optimized. It just, from an SEO perspective, optimized though for a reader's perspective and to lure them in. <laughs> um, add photos. So it's important when you first start your profile that you upload high quality images. I'm not talking 39 meg images or anything like that. Although Google probably would allow you. Um, yeah. I, I'm suggesting no Google. I'm not talking to you. Shush phone. Um, <laughs> it does that to me all the time. Um, ensure that, um, you know, good pictures of the front of the, the office in inside, maybe even do a walkthrough. Um, it's just, not only does it show legitimacy, but when someone's considering your business, it's actually quite nice for them to, to look through and see what am I getting myself into when I go there? I actually had a personal experience with this when I was camping. I, I found out my, um, when I was doing that solo camping, my, one of my sleeping bags, the zipper broke. And it was like, oh man, this is ridiculous. So I'm going to go get a nice one. I looked up the local outdoor businesses where I was and really only one stood out. And I thought, well, this looks good. But then I looked at their profile and they had no photos. They had a photo of two things that were totally irrelevant, like their logo uh -huh, and a picture of some useless thing. <laughs> There was no pictures of all their products in their store, like even just a single picture of what the store looked like inside. Um, I corrected that. When I went there, I'm like, this place is amazing. Why the hell don't you have more photos? Yeah. So I went through and took a ton of them. I said, I'm going to do you a favor and put them on because they were great to me. They were really, really good. Um, and it was an amazing store. It does no service to you to not have those inf that information up. Also, ensure that you're taking photos regularly encourage your customers to take photos and post them. Uh, just you adding them is good. Having them as well add them, way better. Again, it shows use. It shows people are going there. And then they're often encouraged to leave a review when they go and add a photo too, which is a good thing. Yep. Uh, skip the advertising credit offer. They're usually saying, hey, we're going to give you a credit so you can do some advertising. Unless you want to, you can give it a try. I do think that you'll probably end up spending more money than you should without really much technical insight into what you're getting. Um, I suggest using a paid ad manager. They'll get you way more money for what you spend. Um, so do consider that. <clears throat> uh, but it is luring. They usually say, we'll give you $200 if you spend $200, which sounds nice. <laughs> Again, it does sound nice. Ads, go for it. But just keep it. Why mind. does a Costco do that? Yes. Spend 200 bucks on groceries and get a $200 gift card. 
I, yeah. It's the same it. thing as 50% off, right? Basically. Yeah. If you spend the other 200 back at the same <laughs> yeah. store. Yeah. Okay. Um, once you finished all that, you were going to wait for the pin code because at the stage you still haven't confirmed it, but you filled out the information so that when you do enter the pin code, it can go live and it has a lot of validity and it's got a chance to succeed. Oh, losing my voice here. I don't usually talk this much. I, I, I know Scott. it's, that's me in the last episode. I think it was the mostly the Scott show and uh, ah. you got to have a break and now I get to have a break. It's kind of nice. I've got my water. <laughs> well, on and, that note, let's take a quick break and we get back. To, we're going to talk about managing duplicate profiles, which is a big deal and something we, well, we address all the time. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Fennec. Okay, this is chapter five, no, four, local SEO of our SEO learning series. And I was just talking about how to complete a Google profile, how to fill it all out, all that stuff. Now, assume it's approved, you're managing it now, you've taken a my advice on managing it. Um, there's more to that, but let's just say now you've found that there's a duplicate profile. <gasps> oh no. So this happens often when some staff member decides to be really useful and, and go above and beyond. And they decide they're going to create a profile. They didn't even check to see if there was one already. This is a pain in the arse and it happens. Far too oh, often. it happens. <laughs> A lot. Um, so <clears throat> if you have a duplicate Google business profile, Google does provide two ways you can report or remove it. If the listing has positive reviews, a higher ranking, and is older than your claimed listing, you can send a request, request to Google to merge it with your listing. So that your actual older listing is the primary one and your newer one merges into it. So you get the value of that older profile, which is great news. Older profiles with all that information is very handy. Now, how do you find one? It comes down like uh, to find out if you do have a duplicate listing is you do a name, address, and phone number search under any possible variation. Just type them in, keep, keep searching. Obviously your business name would be the simplest way to do it, but there's variations of business names that can be out there. So do your phone number search, do your business name search, uh, even address, see what's on there. One thing about uh, the older ones, if you do have an older one, it might not be under your business name. It could have been created by someone who thought they were a really good SEO and they created under a keyword as a business name. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, you've seen that happen on occasion. So, you know, you might not find it under your name. You might find it under, you know, Victoria real estate agent or something. I don't know, whatever. So true. That. Yeah. Checking for the phone number and stuff is definitely good advice. If you do find multiple listings, look in maps to see where these listings are located and determine if they are truly duplicates. This sounds fancy and stuff. Just saying there are sometimes incidences where the names are similar or something similar, but they're actually different businesses. Um, and it may be that the other business has long since not even existed, but it's still sitting there. And uh, you can do something about that. Uh, essentially by just being a good citizen and saying this place is closed, Google will consider your suggested change. Um, <clears throat> now, what about when you want to move your location? When you move your Google business profiles listing location, you want to ensure you're moving it, but not making a brand new listing. And that's important because if you establish a new one, you're going to deal with the merging, you're going to end up it, it slows things down and makes things a huge headache. To move it, just go into your dashboard, click on the listing you wish to remove, assuming you've got more than one, um, or not remove, move. Click on reviews, take a note how many reviews you have, click on edit profile, then click on a location to enter your new address. Sometimes Google will simply accept your new address. If so, awesome. You've successfully done it. You've moved it. Otherwise, you may have to re-verify your listing. Now, why are you checking to, how many reviews you have? Sometimes they get dropped or aspects of them drop when you do a move. 
And it's good to know how many you had beforehand, maybe screenshot them, save them all, whatever. This is valuable stuff, right? I mean, you've worked hard to build them. And if they do drop, you need to know about it and you can talk to Google about having them reinstated. Um, whether it'll happen or not is totally a roll of the dice, but at least you have a copy of them. That tip alone is worth the episode. Imagine how much money you can lose by not having great reviews. And all of a sudden, at least you have a copy of them that you can use in your own marketing material that you maybe didn't have before. Absolutely 100% worth this. So congratulations, this podcast has been worth listening to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the takeaway right there, yeah. Spent your time well. Um, citation and build, Citation building. So what is that? That's the mentions of your business outside of your website. Those are the places that are directories, um, like yellow. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Pages, um, Yelp, um, directories that are simply talking about local businesses. All of these places have mentions typically of your business, or if they don't, they should. So create them if they don't and ensure that every single thing about them is identical between all of them. The name all the way down to a period at the end of the LTD or uh, uh, ink, whatever. Um, the exact same address is used. Don't use suite and room or suite one time and then room the next time. I don't. It just everything has to be identical. It's silly, it's anal, but it works. It makes things better. It just shows continuity that Google likes to see. It's a simple aspect of its algorithm that at least we understand and we can benefit from. Uh, places that you can do it are also being Apple Maps, um, data aggregators such as InfoGroup, Foursquare, and Factual. These are places that have value to go and add them in there. What is an aggregator? It's essentially a place where you can add your information and then it's disseminated to other places that you don't have to go and do yourself. Really good idea to do that. Sometimes just a small cost, but it's well worth it. Now, consider too that quality is crucial. So don't go off and start putting it into directories that mean nothing. Um, you can often find some really good lists from um, other SEOs out there uh, that don't have a thousand. Really? There's probably 50 places that are worth putting your website in. After that, the, the benefits of your work decline rapidly. And frankly, you could spend that time better doing other things like taking more photos of your location or uh, getting more reviews. So just focus on the main guys and don't worry about the other smaller ones. There's some companies I'll say, we'll put you on thousands. And some of them, and one of the things you're going to see a lot of these days, um, and uh, this kind of, well, this would be a better segue. I'm going to leave it for a sec because it is a good segue <laughs> into the next part. Um after that, it's hyper-local link building. And this is one of my favorite things to do because it helps out your community as well as helping you. Sponsor a local baseball team. Donate to charities. Now, the self-serving part of this is you want to get some press out of this. If you're, you're sponsoring a local baseball team, obviously you're getting some press in a sense because you're getting uh, some sort of logo material. You are benefiting your community. People are seeing that, that, inf that, that info and there's, getting a feel-good energy about you. But you ideally would also get a link from their website saying they're sponsoring, you're sponsoring them. Um, and that would be very helpful for hyper-local. If they even mention you, though, that's good too. They don't have to mention your website. They just mention the business. Google does see that in local SEO and does have a benefit. Donating to, charity, donating to charities is also great. Any kind of philanthropy where you get noted as a person who's or a company who has done this donation is important. It's never a bad thing to donate if you don't get that. But, you know, we're speaking, of course, from SEO benefits. So if you can get some kind of a, a consideration, that is a really good thing. Local event sponsorships, uh, 
putting on your own local event, publicizing it, sponsoring a church. Um, there's so many things like, for example, example dentists sometimes do um, uh, once a year, they will provide uh, one full day of free dental support for single parents or uh, the needy of any kind. And this should be well advertised. It's a wonderful thing they're doing. It genuinely is awesome. And they deserve this clout. They deserve the benefits of this. And when they don't do it because, no, I don't want to show off. You're not showing off. You're showing that you're worth going to, that you are a good business. It is great in every single way. Don't be shy. This is your chance to really shine. And you should. And it will definitely help with your local SEO. Now, um, let's see if I can remember my segue. Uh, I should have written it down. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, oh, I had to mute it. It's the two-wheel thing you stand on, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you push the handle um, forward. Oh, darn it. Anyway, I can't remember it. We're, we're, okay, we're going to jump now into handling bad reviews. And uh, this is something I'll let Scott handle so I can have a break. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've definitely talked about bad reviews in the past, but I figured it was good to sort of reiterate a few of these here because it, it ties in perfectly. Um, okay, first of all, watch your reviews regularly. Uh, and if you get a bad one, don't do what a previous client did once who basically yelled at everybody and it got really <laughs> ugly. And I, I will go, I've told that story before it got, it got really ugly really fast. So don't do that. Be kind. Even if the people reviewing you are nasty. Um, so, you know, be sure to respond to them in a really timely manner, stay professional and courteous, you know, take the higher ground all the time. Um, if it's appropriate to apologize, apologize, but kind of play that one by ear. You know, it's you don't want to be taking responsibility for things that were not your fault. Um, if you're in a restaurant and people are complaining about the people at the table beside you or something, well, it's like, you, what, what are you going to do? Like, it's other people, you know. So just, you know, play that by ear. Um, definitely put out an invitation in your response for customers to call or email you to discuss their, their problem or solution. And maybe you can get that review turned positive. Uh, definitely be sure to offer solutions. Try to just try to make them happy if you can. You won't be able to make everybody happy, but some. Um, but really, it's about you know showing that you're authentic. You know, sign off with your real name. Um, let other people that review or read your reviews see how professionally you handle the negative reviews because that really shows a lot. And you know, in some regards, bad reviews can almost be a good thing if someone sees that there's a bad review and they see how you're handling it. They might look like, okay, well, really the business owner's right here and and they didn't screw up. Or it may even give you clues to uh, as far as how you can improve your business. If you get a bad review, you might, I didn't think about that. Like they're maybe they're right. Maybe that is a problem and I should change, you know, that aspect of my business. So yeah, one of the tricky parts of my job, because I'm often the person who's talking to the client about this, is getting them to change their mindset and think of this as an opportunity. And it is. It's 99% of the time it's an opportunity. Um, even if it's a total dick, someone who's just being outright rude and going over the top, uh, but not pushing it so far that they get, they can be pulled. You can actually get, and we'll talk about that in a sec. You can have reviews removed sometimes, but um, maybe they haven't quite, quite crossed that barrier. This is your chance to shine, to show that you are a really great business that will respond no matter what and it will turn into a good thing for you because it's suspicious when a business doesn't have any i've actually told yeah. clients please don't give me five stars give me four because i want to have some variation in our reviews yeah. it's funny but true um you have, you have 600 five-star reviews it's like uh, are these bought uh, like what's going on here yeah oh that's what it was that was my segue that i forgot do you, you want to not. roll back and <laughs> yeah, let's roll back and start again now. Um, it was I'm getting these regularly, so I'm going to assume everyone is. Uh, I get people contacting me through my website, through Facebook, whatever, saying, "Contact me to buy reviews," mm. and I'll provide X amount of reviews for this amount of money. I'll be five star reviews. You just you know give me some ideas, and I'll write it, and. I know people have been seducted and seduced into doing that. And it's the worst idea. 
absolute worst. And I know that black hat companies have probably succeeded doing this. Like locksmiths are famous, infamous for doing anything they can to get rankings in big cities. And I'm certain that many of them have bought reviews. Um, and it, there's a huge crackdown, in fact, on it. Uh, and it's actually illegal in many states, I believe. Uh, if not everywhere, I can't, I don't really know the legalities around it, but I can't imagine it's a good thing. So uh, do keep in mind that it's not worthwhile and Google will catch it if it's obvious because they can track who's done this stuff. They have to have an individual profile to leave a review. So that's all trackable. Um, so I do want to touch a bit on local when it comes to on-site aspects of local search. So this won't really impact your map listings so much as it will help your organic rankings for local oriented search. And a lot of it might seem pretty obvious, but I felt it was important to touch on it anyways. Um, so we'll start at the top because that's easiest. <laughs> um, uh, so first of all, be sure that your complete business address is on your website. And I know that sounds super obvious and I see it all the time when it is not. Um, if you have walk-in clients or you are a local oriented business, you need your address on there. Uh, so make sure that's on there. If you have multiple locations, you it kind of depends on what you should do here. So if you have two locations, you could put both locations in the footer of your site. If you have 20 locations, well, you're not going to list 20 addresses on every page of your site. So in that situation, if you have multiple locations, you often want to consider an individual page for each location. Um, and then you want those pages to be unique, if at all possible. So ensure that each of those pages has contact information specific to the location. Um, ensure that, uh, you know, and a main address is typically on your main template of your site. So if you have a whole bunch of locations in one city, you might just want to include your city and not a physical address. But definitely have contact pages for each top level location. If you've got one location, keep that address on all pages. Keep your phone number on all pages. You really want it to be dead simple for somebody to contact you and find your business. Um, and also on the contact page, you know, include photos of your business, your storefront. Um, include information about other local uh, aspects that might be important. Like if you if your business is located behind a weird place, a, a business, another business, you might want to say, oh, we're behind the 7-Eleven or something. I don't know. Like try to keep it local and specific and relevant. Um, another thing you definitely want to do on your contact page is include an embedded Google map. Uh, you may also want to include this in your site footer somehow. Sometimes that can look really good and be helpful. But at the very least, include it on your contact page or perhaps a, a location find us kind of page, especially if you have multiple locations and you want to put pins for each of your physical locations. That could be very good. Uh, uh, and what's the difficulty in doing that? Doing which part? Installing the map. What's There's a major problem that happens from doing that. Well, you get that developer error quite often. We see exactly. that. So you have to have the API set. and Which is and, a pain in the arse and nothing that any small business should have to do. I think it's the stupidest thing Google's ever done. Well, maybe not. But one of the top, top stupid things. <laughs> so I'll, I have to apologize on Google's behalf, although I shouldn't have to. But they're going to, yes, you'll get a, it'll say this is a development um, uh I forget how it's a developer error essentially that shows up over the map when it's embedded on your site, unless you paid Google or just put in the credit card, shut up phone. <laughs> <laughs> when you've put in a credit card information and it's, it's not even going to use it because it's got a certain, you got a certain amount of credits that you're allowed every month to use this for free. And you'll never probably ever pay a, pay a penny, but just because Google's Google says, well, no, we need a credit card and file just in case you go over. I get it in a way, but they have to make it so much simpler. And I think what we'll do is we will try to add, where am I going to do this? I'd like to create a tutorial for you guys. The only problem with this tutorial is it will be changing uh, probably faster than we can update it. But at least it's something to start with, and it'll show you how to get that API key is critical. Having a Google map on your page is very important. Um, I do suggest getting a developer to do it, someone who's like your webmaster or something, because it's not easy, even with the instructions. Um, it is yeah. so complicated, and I kind of know how to do it. And every time, you know, if my credit card expires, it's like, oh, how do I do this again? What do I log in as? It's just like, 
it's not simple. And yeah. I don't know why it's so convoluted. Because it's meant for developers and programmers, which, yeah. and it's all in their language. It's just daft as all hell. Anyway, um, it's a segue, but it's important. I want you guys to know that that's something that uh, you will face when you're doing that. Okay, back to you. Sweet. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot more, but a few things. Uh, make sure, again, it seems really obvious, and you'd be surprised how many people don't do it. Include the city name for where you are. Uh, you know, If you're a real estate agent in Victoria, just the first example that comes to mind, you want to have Victoria in your title tags, in not all your title tags, but often you want to include that geographic information in prominent places, sometimes in a heading tag, sometimes not. Uh, but often at least in a couple title tags throughout the site, maybe in your meta descriptions, especially if you're very local specific, um, you know, keep those local mentions throughout your site, include the city names sort of, uh, fed into your various content throughout your page where of course, as we always say, it makes sense to do so. I don't just stuff it in there, but you know, if you can mention it, mention it, have pages about local resources in your area and local relevant, uh, uh, things like if you are a real estate agent, you might want to talk about mortgage brokers in your area, like complementary businesses, things like that, that aren't competitive, but very relevant and localized. Um, so that's, you know, kind of the gist of the on-site stuff with the exception of structured markup. And we've talked a lot about structured markup. This is actually pretty straightforward and not, <laughs> um, you'll want to create local business markup. Uh, and so when you're marking it up, the type you can use, so you want to use JSON-LD. We talked about that even in the last episode quite a bit with the on-page SEO. Uh, you want to use JSON-LD and create local business markup. If you go into Google and do a search for local business structured markup generator, you will find tools that will help you get started. And then you can build off of that. But what's the easiest way to do it? That's that's Oh, you could use various plugins and things. Or Yoast. If you're using WordPress, oh, sorry, yes. if you don't have Yoast, I mean, it is a premium plugin. You, it, I, I, part of it, I think, you have to pay a little more for that, right? Uh, for the basic local markup, I think you're good with okay. the regular. If you want to add more, though, which is valuable, uh, I, I think it's worth every penny. Um, and no, I don't work for them. <laughs> I, I don't get a kickback, damn it. Anyway, I do think that they're really good and it allows you a lot of uh, additional benefits by going through that. But they make that all automated and simple. And the Yoast, that's Y-O-A-S-T plugin for WordPress is great. If you don't have that, if you're using other systems, yes, go ahead and use that generator that Scott's talking about. And it's an easy search. What would you search for to find it? Yeah, when I'm searching for any kind of generators just to get me started on code is whatever. So it'd be like local business structured markup generator, for instance, or something to that effect. I mean, you can search for anything. Google's good now for that. You'll get a tool. Not all tools are equal, but you won't necessarily use it for the complete generation of your code. It'll kind of get you started. You get a basic template. Then you can go to schema.org, find out all the things you need to mark up and see code examples on how to add it to that main piece of code. Uh, it's just a great time saver. Well, I've got other things I use, like uh, little text documents and stuff when I have to do it that are already pre-ready for me, little templates. But if you need a template to get started, it's simple. Um, you can mark up your business as just local business, but now there are many other uh, subtypes that you can use. I won't go through them all because there are literally hundreds, but there are things like attorney, restaurant, hair salon, bakery, insurance agency. There's like, the list goes on and on and on. So uh, try to use one that's as specific and relevant as possible, unless you have a weird local, not weird, but unique local business that doesn't fit into one of those buckets. Um, and in there, you want to mark up your your URL, your name, contact information, uh, the area you serve, HazMap with a link to a Google map, uh, longitude and latitude, your opening hours, um, all that sort of thing. So uh, definitely include some structured markup there. It will be helpful for sure. Okay. So one thing I wanted to add here is a couple key points on optimization that's a little more above and beyond the basics. Um while I'm doing this, Scott, could you find the uh, AI classifier for images that Google uses? I forget the name of it. Is it Vision I, or something? I can't remember. I want to talk about that. Do you know what I mean? I maybe. I'll, I'll see what the I can... image and it'll tell you what it sees. Right. What is that? I usually remember the name of it. And it's it's using one of my links here, but I can't find it on a dime. Um, so first of all, optimization tips. Your title of your business 
has to be what your business actually is in the registry, the business registry of your state, country, whatever. Uh, it's very tempting to add different keywords. And I'll say this. I'm When I say it must be exactly what's there, I'm following Google's guidelines to the T. If you wish to be in the gray area, which frankly everyone is, <laughs> um, feel free to add something like, uh, for example, if if I say I'm my company is Spectrum Dental, well, and I just threw that name out there. It's from nothing. Um, it's okay, but let's say you want to have dentist office in the name or dental clinic. Well, you could say Spectrum Dental Clinic. All of a sudden, you have a better chance of ranking under dental clinic searches. It's that simple within Google Local. Fortunately, it's very simple. And as long as that is consistently everywhere else, you're good. If everywhere else is just Spectrum Dental, there's a good chance that in time, you will lose that edit you made it made to your Google business profile. Again, you'll see people manipulating the crap out of this title. And it's getting by sometimes the Google filters, but it's it's not going to last much longer. And I'd suggest just sticking with something that you know you can live with and you're not going to get bit in the butt on, okay? So titles are very important. And it's something you'll see manipulated a ton. Don't fall into the trap. If you want to try a few tests here and there, just, be, just realize you are playing with a little bit of fire, okay? Okay, so uh, the next part is this image thing I was trying to explain. It's called, if you go to cloud.google.com slash vision, it's the Vision AI API. Say that fast. Uh, anyway. Vision AI API? Yeah, very fast. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was it. Yeah, and you click on demo. And in there, you can upload an image. It'll allow you to upload an image, and it will tell you what it sees. And what's really interesting about this is that I, I tried uploading an image of a, of a dentist. And when I uploaded it, um, I'm going to share it in this video whenever we ever post these videos. But you'll, you'll actually see what Google sees and how it interprets the image and what it's about. It In this case, it's actually a... Uh, one of our clients, a dentist treating a client or a patient that's lying in the chair and his mouth's open, all this stuff. But there's lots of other stuff in the image. So he says, uh, Google sees shorts, a top, luggage bags, person, person, top, glasses, <laughs> uh, labels, lots of things, windows, services, computer, keyboard, human leg, medical equipment. So that's a flag. So it sees something that's medical. That's good. That's the first thing we've seen that's medical. Um, Anything else? Faces, talks about joy, sorrow, anger. Really interesting stuff. And why is this interesting? Because when Google's trying to classify the images that it sees, and it does do this, especially in Google Business, the more clear the image is, and, and if you use this API, you'll find out what Google sees and what is clear, the better if it's matching the relevance of your site. And this is very advanced, um, but it's quite simple to do. That's the coolest thing. And that's why I like to share it. Um, just using this API, you'll see whether the images you're about to upload, even on your website, are actually showing what you want to show. If I upload a picture of a jellyfish in the ocean, it says jellyfish. It sees it. Um, if you put a tray of dental supplies, will it say dental equipment? Who knows? It's up to how the picture was taken, the perspective it was taken, what else is in the picture. Anyways. Images are playing a huge role in Google, and it's getting more and more and more important. Um, this is not going to be the deciding factor in your rankings. Um, it's more along the lines of one of those things you can do to get an edge over the competition. If you can do a little planning in your image optimization and, and, and what if you're using stock photography, make sure you pick a stock photo that makes sense. If you're taking images yourself in-house, you'll start to learn what Google sees and how to frame things so that it will see what you want it to see. Uh, it's really interesting stuff. And yeah, I'm a nerd. But hey, 
that's why you're listening, right? <laughs> you somehow like nerds. It's a good thing. Uh, well, that is chapter four of the uh, SEO learning series on local SEO. I hope you really uh, found this useful. Uh, we certainly covered a lot. I feel like, well, I know that we could do days of teaching of this because it's frankly its own field in many ways. The local algorithm set is very complicated. Uh, the basics that we've taught you today will get you well underway and in a good place. Uh, certainly don't hesitate to have a person you can at least consult with, like an, an SEO you can consult with just to ensure that what you've heard isn't out of date. Right now it is uh, November, 2023. This is all in date. It's all good stuff, but it could change in two months. You don't know. So do be yep. careful. I don't want anyone to have any mistakes uh, and we want to help you out if uh, you do need any help. So with that said, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air twice a month on WMR.fm. Great. Thank you for listening, everybody. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.